This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. You're in for a real treat in this episode. Joining me all the way from Minnesota is Stephen Rothberg, who's the founder of College Recruiter and actually a podcast host himself. What a delightful guest and the passion and expertise that he has in actually partnering companies across the globe in hiring um, interns, graduates, students into professional sectors is absolutely insurmountable. During the podcast, what you're going to hear today is what hurdles young people have faced in the last couple of years since COVID. How has that demobilised the opportunities for them in whatever that sector looks like? What he thinks best practice has looked like from those companies that do attract and retain the best young talent coming through. And then the golden nugget, it's worth listening to the entire episode for this part of the episode. What can us as recruiters do? to ensure we are engaging with our future talent pools. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and what a lovely sound to introduce our new guest to you with a sound of laughter about my pint of tea <laughs> that I'm going to have when I finish recording this. I'm absolutely thrilled to be welcoming a guest all the way from Minneapolis in the USA today. This is Stephen Rothberg and I would like to welcome you to our channel today. Stephen, how are you? I am doing really well. Thank you for having me, Alicia. You're very welcome indeed. So those who are not yet familiar with you, although everybody on LinkedIn will be clicking on your profile right now, what do you do and what do your company do? So I am the founder and chief visionary officer of College Recruiter. It's a job search site. Um, we believe that every student and recent graduate deserves a great career. So our customers are primarily uh, Fortune 1000 companies, government agencies and other employers that hire at scale dozens hundreds a year okay. when you're talking about the recruitment of college and university students and recent grads that's the norm the vast majority of them are employed by large organizations not small okay that's great excellent and you're also a podcast host too yeah, so I am the co-host of the Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces podcast with Peter Zolman of the AIM Group, and I'm the uh, sole host of the High Volume Hiring podcast. Fantastic. So as, uh, as, as I think you would not argue, um, this is pretty fun and pretty good for business. It is indeed. It's great fun. And I just think it's the, the best way to learn. I learn so much mm -hmm. from it, having guests on like yourself where I'm having conversations with individuals and they probably never would have met. And it means that our community can drop in and listen for 20 minutes and learn something. That's the whole aim of it. How does it feel being sat on the other side of the podcast desk though today, Stephen? Well, I, I love it. And, and I did a whole <laughs> bunch of, of um, guest appearances, I think you could call it, on podcasts and before I was hosting any, 
And I, I found it to be the same way. It's, it's very informative. Um, I'm going to learn from you today. Hopefully there'll be some one or two things that you might learn from me. And it's a really great way of reaching a really mm. highly targeted audience. It's kind of like speaking at a conference, but without the airline ticket, without the hotel, um, and you know, without the boiled chicken lunch at the conference. No, and with fluffy slippers on. That's just me, I think. Well, I, I, I yeah, I, I usually don't wear fluffy surf slippers um, to conferences, but uh, but it's possible when be, I'm doing something new, like this. Could be a new thing. You said you've just been to London, so maybe you didn't pick up on that memo. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your introduction. And look, anyone that knows me knows that I'm passionate about helping young people transfer themselves mm -hmm. from the education system into employment, however that looks whether that's through apprenticeships, internships, graduate schemes, you know, going out into the market and setting up on their own as entrepreneurs. I am passionate because I am a mum to two teenage girls. And as an, you know, I used to be that young person and I always felt that there were very limited options. So I think any business like yours where you're elevating, enhancing and basically creating opportunities for young people is just, you know, these are our future. This is our future talent pool so thank you so mm -hmm. much for what you do to, to sort of open up I guess you know let's contextualize as we record this at the back end of 2022 any young person that's coming out of an education whether that is a degree or college or high school they will mm -hmm. have had the probably the hardest two years since mm -hmm. probably the second world war in terms of you know global mobilization COVID pretty much killed opportunities so in your experience, what challenges do you think graduates and young people have faced in terms of getting into employment? What's it been like for them? Yeah, you know, when COVID really hit um, Europe and, and North America, you know, kind of starting basically late February, mm. I don't think we really adapted to it or really got our minds around it until March 2020. Mm. Mm. By that time, uh, almost every employer that was going to hire an intern for the summer or a new graduate to start upon graduation had already done so. And so that first summer wasn't so much about a loss of job opportunities for the mostly Gen Z candidates or Z, as 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 uh, as you as you would say, but what it was more about was adaptation. Employers had to get laptops and other equipment and try to figure out how to manage people remotely. Mm. So there was a tremendous amount of turmoil. There were a tremendous number of large employers who radically changed their onboarding and how they were training and mentoring. Uh, that that class by the next summer 2021 most young adults in industrialized countries and virtually everybody in in developing countries had not yet been vaccinated it's kind of hard to remember mm. but the summer of 2021 was sort of a tipping point where people who were going to get vaccinated um and i've been on the first day i could every single time yeah um but people who were going to get vaccinated were starting to get vaccinated, but there were plenty that were still being forced to wait. Mm -hmm. And so even then, that summer, that second summer of COVID was an adaptation summer. Mm -hmm. um, this past summer was kind of back to normal. There were lots mm -hmm. of hybrid yeah. opportunities. Yeah. There were lots of fully remote opportunities. There were a small number of employers that could have allowed people to work remotely, but did not. Okay. Um, that's a management issue. I don't know if you mm -hmm. want to go there or not. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the biggest impact 
on these young adults is a real lack of uh, proper management and mm. mentorship. Mm. I think that managers generally are terrible at managing people working remotely. And that's why there's such a push to have them go back to the I office. People, yeah, people talk about, we need these young adults in the office so that we can properly manage them and train them and mentor them. Mm-hmm. You don't need that unless you're not good at doing that remotely. And if yep, your company isn't, if you as a manager aren't, and you can't get your skill level up, mm-hmm. then I do think at this point, it's better to bring back to the office. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the lesser of the two evils, but I see loads of companies out there that have adapted and have done a remarkably awesome job. And you might have hybrid where people are coming in one or two days a week, getting that in-person, getting that mentorship, getting that training. Um, mm-hmm. And um, the number of, of Gen Z slash Z candidates who are going into occupations where they are required to be in-person frontline mm-hmm. workers, that type of thing, mm-hmm. that we've kind of forgotten about those people. Mm-hmm. The, the conversations are mostly around hybrid and remote. Hybrid and, remote. and we kind of forget, we kind of forget about those frontline workers who can't be. Uh, no, and that's certainly they have to be there. They have to be there in person. I think mm-hmm. that if I look, think of it in context to my sector, obviously I recruit for the recruitment industry and there's yeah. all narrative around you know bringing trainees through whether that's through graduate schemes whether that's through internship whether that's through actually school leavers that's that's definitely a a, a huge shift mm-hmm. I think for the next 12 months for a lot of people and I think that the general consensus is that for someone in at an entry level so a young person needs to learn through osmosis that they can watch and learn mm-hmm. but I actually you know, I whilst I think there is an argument for that, what you said there really rings true. That if you haven't got processes, if you haven't got structure and infrastructure and a training program, a learning culture that allows somebody to do it remotely, you've just wasted two years. You've wasted the last two years as a business. So I think that's really mm-hmm. important what you've just said. And there's, there's a podcast that I listen to over here. I don't, I don't know if you've listened to podcasts, but there's one called Eat, Sleep, oh, yeah. Repeat. And it's the mm. it's um, Bruce Daisley. He was actually on my show a few weeks ago. He's the ex-vice president for Twitter and YouTube. He's, he's based over here in the UK. And he'd interviewed the CEO of Slack. And Slack has mm. been doing all this data. You know, they've been capturing all the data of their clients of what, what because it's to predict what's happening in workplace culture. That's the whole notion of this mm-hmm. podcast. And if, you know, a word of warning to your, com- your community and mine, you, <laughs> if you are not capable of creating a hybrid facility for your employees, including Gen Z and Gen Alpha, the next mm-hmm. one's coming out of school soon, you will not mm-hmm. you will not survive the next 20 years you just won't they, they, that is what mm-hmm. their expectation is hybrid so i'm really pleased you said that thank you so much for mm-hmm. contextualizing it so what in your experience obviously your your relationships with with your fortune 1000 companies and the employers on who are employing on a grand scale actually mm-hmm. to those mm-hmm. listening who are running smaller to medium sized enterprises a lot of our audience are leaders of owner managed businesses actually we can learn a lot we can plagiarize a lot from your companies so what are they doing <laughs> what are, what's best practice in your clients in your employers who are engaging recruiting training and then retaining the new talent coming through what what do you see as best practice okay so i just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company 
Hoxo Media are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now, they teach it all to you over an eight-week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of covid and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com, or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. Yeah, you know, the vast majority of employers who have hired at scale, high volume hiring, hundreds, thousands a year, the way that they approached the recruitment of students and recent graduates of colleges, universities globally pretty much looks the same almost everywhere is pretty much the same as they did in 1952. It involves flying recruiters and hiring managers um, around whatever country or market they're in to interview on campus, to go through career services maybe attend some career fairs virtually all on campus. So the entire recruitment model was structured around the school year. Starts in September, ends in May. There's this period in September and October where on-campus recruiting for people who are going to be graduating the next spring okay. is, is very heavy. Offers would go out October, November. You'd get acceptances November, December. Um, and then those students in there, they're in the, in the U.S., we call them seniors and other countries, fourth years, et cetera. But the graduates, those who are about to graduate, they could then kind of kick back for the next four five, six months and just more or enjoy. less maintain their grades and enjoy. Yeah. And yeah. that's and that 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 wasn't that that's not so bad. The, the reality is the vast majority of students never were hired that way. It was it was about 30 percent were hired in the fall. And that's pretty consistent country to country with some exceptions. Um, most students who were about to graduate didn't really get around to start looking until they were either about to graduate or who, or who had just graduated. Oh, okay. And so it's a misconception that on-campus recruiting was the way to find a job. It certainly is if you want to work for PwC or Deloitte or Ernst mm. & Young or, mm. you know, mm. one, of, one of the big accounting and consulting companies, because that's where they recruited and the the sexiest, highest paying jobs, that's that's where they went. But most were not hired into those jobs. What really changed with COVID 
is that those employers were not allowed to go on campus. And even if they were allowed to go on campus, very few recruiters and hiring managers were anxious to jump into an airplane, go to a hotel, get into a rental car, go on campus, come home and expose their whole family to COVID. It yeah. just wasn't at the top of their list, right? No. Shockingly. Yeah. So they adapted and they discovered in 2021 and 2022 that there is this thing called the internet. Mm. Lo and behold, they can hire a 21-year-old on the internet just like they can hire a 31-year-old or a 41-year-old or a 51-year-old. They right. are on Indeed. They are on LinkedIn. They are on College Recruiter. They're on all of these other sites, mm-hmm. actually to a larger degree than their older siblings, their parents, their grandparents, what, whatever. Of course, yeah. it's like they're younger. They're going to be on the internet more. And yet these organizations didn't recruit them that way. Wow. Uh, you want to know why? Mm. It's... It's about um, all the goodies. So if you were a recruiter or a hiring manager in 2019 and you were involved in your company's college or university hiring program, you got to spend the better part of a month, month and a half flying around, racking up a lot of uh, points, staying in some swanky hotels, going to some fantastic dinners Mm. and meeting with basically a lot of bright, energetic, upbeat people. Not such a bad thing. I no. can understand why they, didn't, why they didn't want to give that up. Um, but a lot of the recruiting that was on campus, physically on campus, was forced to migrate off campus. Mm. And from what I'm hearing, the CFOs and the controllers in those companies now are really reluctant to restore those travel budgets because they've seen that their companies have hired far faster far less expensively and a far more and a far more diverse cohort than they did before. That's the key word, isn't it? The diverse cohort as well, which, you know, that's Mm -hmm. without a shadow of a doubt, that's how you tap into these, these new talent pools by being Mm -hmm. diverse through it. So it's, I love the way that you contextualize that and sort of chronologically took us through the journey of a hiring company over the last two years. So that, and and so the way that they're talking, it's through employer value proposition, presumably as well on social media, mm-hmm. as well as actually hooking people in on their ATS system. I presume mm-hmm. it's, it's talking about the whole marketing strategy as well. Yeah, the, the, the engagement is relatively easy if you have a very prominent consumer brand. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, even if... If it's like a client that you work with and they have, you know, half a dozen restaurants in Birmingham, right? People in Mm -hmm. Birmingham are going to know them. Yep. But if they offer, if they operate a, you know, concrete mixing company, you know, 20 miles outside of Leeds, it's really unlikely that very many university Mm -hmm. students are going to know what the heck they do. And so those organizations need to try harder. They need to get, um, really work on the engagement. If, if people don't know your brand, mm. if your brand is neutral or negative, then yep. you have to get them to want to work for you. It, mm. It's, it's much more than just, is the job title, right? Is the yep. salary, right? They, they need to believe in your mission. Mm, I agree with you totally. And that really resonates with what previous guests have, uh, who come from marketing backgrounds, that's what they talk about mm-hmm. all the time. It's, it's a holistic approach to ensuring mm-hmm. that our listener, a lot of whom are leaders, you're you, you're putting all the right pillars in place to make sure that you're not just attracting 
you know, competitors and existing talent, but future talent pools as well. So you've obviously talked about what's happened in the global landscape during COVID, you know, in terms of travel, in terms of, you know, the limitations. So as we head into 2023, what do you mm -hmm. think the opportunity looks like for those listening who are, you know, thinking about mobilizing themselves, moving from, say, you know, Minnesota coming over to the UK or moving over <laughs> from Canada to, you know, Germany? What what do you, in your experience, in, in what you're seeing in your class? What, what's the situation? What's the reality? We briefly interrupted.